really excited about today's message. Um, this is one of those messages that I speak on every now and then throughout the year because it's so important uh, to who we are as Christ followers. So, but before I jump in, uh, let me just remind you, we're in this series called Life on Mission. And what we're talking about is understanding God's mission, understanding God's purpose for our lives. And I think last week we started with vision. And we started off with getting a new vision, how God can give us a new vision for those areas that we believe are off track, right? To have a new mission, new purchase, purpose in this area or that area. Today, today, I want to talk about how I believe that one of the best places that we can know and understand what God's desire is for our lives. One of the best places to turn is in this book right here, okay? I want to talk about how amazing this is. Okay, that we have been given his word, the Bible. And listen, friends, if you're not in this, like if you don't ever open this, if you're not reading this, then it's hard to know who God is. It's hard to know what he wants out of your life. It's hard to understand mission and purpose without this. And I know what you're thinking. That's exactly what I expect the preacher to say. It'd be very weird if I didn't say this, but I want you all to know, Honestly, like, like coming from me, I, I'm really saying this and preaching this today because I truly believe, like I truly believe that this is an amazing gift that's been given to you and to me. You see, as Christ followers, we believe that this is more than just a book, right? We believe that this is more than just words on a paper. There's just, this is more than just bedtime stories or clever antidotes for life, right? This actually contains God's heart. This actually contains his thoughts, not just for the church as a whole, but for you individually, which is amazing. And I believe that God uses this to speak to us. And if that's true, and I believe that's true, and if you believe that that's true, then this is truly profound, right? That we have a God, that we have a creator God that put everything in existence, that made you, that made me, that has a purpose for our life, that actually wants to talk to me, to you, through this. In fact, you know what? It's amazing how God brought this thing together. Okay, it's amazing how he brought his word together. This, it, he took divine documents that were, that, that were positioned in different parts of the world, right? Written in different languages, written by over 40 different authors, and he coordinated it all, and he brought it all together so that you, so that you can know more about him, so that you can know that he exists, so that you can understand what he wants. Man, I've never stood up here and just like preached with a Bible in my hand, but I feel like a good old-fashioned Baptist preacher right now. Huh? Just holding this thing, man. This is awesome. It's, it's, it really is a precious thing that we've been given. And I, wa I want to start with uh, the psalmist, Psalm 119. Okay, it says this. The psalmist puts it this way. It says, your teachings, in other words, your words, okay, what you have given to us, Scripture, what I'm reading in this book, your teachings are worth more to me than thousands of pieces of gold and silver. He also writes, he says, happy are those who live pure lives and who follow. 
who follow the Lord's teachings, who follow what your teachings say, right, which leads to purity, which leads to that holiness that we were talking about, a life that's been set apart for God, right? It's almost like the psalmist is saying, I'm blown away that I can actually understand what God wants for my life and how much better my life is when I follow what you say. Now, on the flip side of this, think about this for a minute. Think about how terrible it would be, how much worse things would be if we weren't given his word. Like if we didn't have it, right? If there's this barrier between us and God where we had no communication or, you know, where we, we couldn't pray or we couldn't read his word, that'd be terrible. I mean, what if, what if we couldn't understand God at all? What if there was no way to know what he thought? You see, I believe that he gave us his word. So that we can not only know him, but that we can understand our mission in life. Like our purpose for living. He wanted to give us his word to guide us so that we wouldn't have to go through life just guessing about what we should do or how we should act or how we should be as a Christ follower. Now, I say all that, but let's get real for just a minute. Because this book is intimidating, right? It is. It's, it's, I mean, just look at it. It's gigantic. Right? I can't even put it on my little table here because it'll break my... I was looking at that earlier. I was like, I'm going to have to hold this thing the entire time. Like, I can't even put this down. It's going to break my little table. It's, it's huge. And it's, it's hard sometimes to understand. And I get that. And I know that a lot of you probably think that way. Be honest. How many of y'all in school... You were able to take a test in school without reading the book because you took the Cliff Notes version. There's my people right there. Yeah, I didn't read A Tale of Two Cities. I have no idea, right? But this book looks like, Tale of Two Cities looks like a Dr. Seuss book compared to this thing. This thing is so big, and yet we're so intimidated by it. Why? Why does our enthusiasm kind of die when we try to dive into this. It's because when we look at it, sometimes we quickly discover that some books in the Bible are easier to read than other books. There are different styles of books. There's some that deal with poetry, wisdom literature, history, rules, regulations. You got some that deal with the life of Jesus. And then you even have these crazy, crazy things that happen like dragons in the New Testament and talking donkeys in the Old Testament. Y'all, that actually exists. It's really in there. See, you should read your Bible. Like, it's crazy stuff, right? And we look at this and we're like, this is, this is overwhelming. I think we'd all admit to being a little overwhelmed. In fact, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I feel like a sheep stuck in a tire swing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I found this video last week. Check this out. Look at this. I mean, well, I, I have no idea. I, I just... <laughs> I, Seriously, y'all, this cuts off at 10 seconds, but it goes on for like five minutes, and I'm just laughing the entire time. <laughs> um, the good news is no sheep were harmed in the making of this video. Um, <laughs> sometimes I feel like this in life, like especially when I'm getting into God's Word, when I'm getting into the Bible, like I feel good, I feel like I'm moving forward only to get yanked back and realize like I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. So what I wanted to do this morning is I want to talk through some techniques. Techniques that help us understand more of God's word so that we can understand his mission and his purpose for our life. And let me begin 
with Bible study techniques, and I want to start this by informing you that you're in luck. You are in luck because you have a personal tutor. Okay, some of you know what it's like to get a personal tutor. Maybe you struggled in school or struggled in this subject or whatever, and you realize, I don't understand what this book is saying. I don't understand what the teacher is saying. I need someone to help me. I remember at UGA, I took a class called Logic, and I have no idea why I took this. I don't know whose idea this was, but it must have been part of the curriculum. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't have been in it, but I could not get it. I had the textbook. It did not make sense to me at all. So I realized, I'm going to have to get some help or I'm going to have to drop this class. So I did what I always do. I went to the smartest, most beautiful, amazing person I know, Shannon. She wasn't even in the class, and she tutored me and helped me pass that class. Thank goodness, right? But we all have those moments where we realize, I need help with this. I cannot begin to understand. So I want to start off by saying, you've got a personal God. You got a personal guide that will help you when it comes to knowing God's mission, God's purpose, God's agenda for your life. When it comes to diving into his word and trying to understand it, the Holy Spirit is with you. And you may remember when we talked about the Holy Spirit a few months back. I told you of when Jesus was meeting with his disciples. And he actually said it was a very scary time. Like that, he, Jesus knew what was coming next. He knew he was going to be taken away from them. And he knew that they would all scatter. Nobody would be with him in those final days. But he looks at them and he says, I'm going to be taken away from you. But it's better that I go. And the disciples had to be questioned, how is it better that you go? And Jesus was pointing to the fact that the Holy Spirit was coming in his place. That the Holy Spirit would come and be with each one of them individually. So Jesus says this in John 14. He says, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll help you. Because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. See Jesus, one place, one person with the disciples. But now the Holy Spirit is with everyone inside of everyone. And the Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. So God says, not only am I going to give you revelation, but I'm going to give you inspiration through the presence of my Spirit. And that inspiration is going to help you interpret what needs to be known about life and will lead us and guide us in the right direction. You see, I really believe the Spirit wants to give you those types of aha kind of moments. When we're reading God's Word, something jumps out, and we're just like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I needed to see. God, thank you for opening my eyes. Because we need a new vision in life sometimes. Because our mission and purpose seems to get out of whack. We get confused. But the Spirit is there to help guide us. In fact... When it comes to opening our eyes and giving us vision, this is exactly what the psalmist says in 119. He says this, open my eyes, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. When it comes to your instructions, when it comes to your words and what you would have, open my eyes, Holy Spirit. God, give me the ability to see what you would have for me. So my prayer for you is that When, if that area of your life or just life in general, when you're looking for mission and purpose, that you are praying this prayer right here, God, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions and that we are actually doing our part to try to get into this amazing book of God's word that's been given to us. So for the rest of our time this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about how to prepare ourselves when it comes to breaking open the Bible so that we can gain a better understanding of who God is, 
in what he wants. And you know what? When it comes to understanding mission and purpose, these points that we're about to talk about when it comes to breaking open God's word and understanding, these points can also be applied to prayer. And you may remember like six months back we were talking about prayer and we talked about some of these things. When it comes to God's revelation in your life, do these six things, okay? You'll be able to hear more. But we're going to dive into this as it relates to the Bible. So when it comes to Bible study, if you got your message notes, let's fill in some blank. Everybody online, you can find them on the Ridge app and join us there as well. Okay, so number one, you got to begin a relationship. you got to begin a relationship. Okay, so for everybody that's new, maybe you're new to church online, maybe you're new to church this morning. I've already started with how important the Holy Spirit is. But the Spirit, Spirit can't help you. And you won't get anything out of God's word if you don't have a relationship with the God who wrote the Bible. Think about it this way. We were uh, moving to Abbey Inn this past week at, at Georgia, and I was driving around the campus, and it's right before football season. I'm driving past the practice fields, and I remember about four or five years ago, I was on campus. We were moving my other daughter in, Savannah, and I was jogging past the practice fields, okay? And if you know anything about me, you know that I love some football. And so as I'm jogging past the fields, I see that they are outside holding practice. But they also obviously don't want people to see practice because there's this black netting that's over the fence. But what they didn't take into consideration are the people like me that will run right up to that black fence, and I realize that if I press my face hard enough, I can see through the holes, and I could actually see the football practice, and I could actually see Justin Fields when he was there, and I could actually see Kirby Smart, and then I could actually see the assistant coach running over to the fence where I was yelling, hey, you, get away from the fence. And your preacher got kicked off the practice fields that day. Anyway... But what they're obviously trying to do is they're trying to keep the media out. They don't want anybody to know, like, what's going on and what kind of plays from bozos like me. But honestly, even if I tried to understand what if I had the playbook and I opened it up, I wouldn't understand it because it's a bunch of X's and O's that look something like this. I have no idea what this means or where people are supposed to be it doesn't make this might as well be in a foreign language but what if i had the playbook and i actually had the coach's phone number that i could call and talk to then he could break this down and tell me what's going on and that would be pretty cool you see all that to say this if you want more out of the bible right the right plays in life where to go next the x's and o's so to speak you got to have a relationship with the one that wrote it that designed it that designed the place for your life. Who breathed those words into existence. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're going to go through life just blind. And you won't have the opportunity to see things from God's perspective. Look at what it says. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And he cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You see... Without surrendering your life to the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, you won't fully understand what you're getting into. So, point number one is very important. If you haven't started a relationship with Jesus Christ, for those of you that are still kicking the tires, wondering why you're not hearing from God, wondering why life doesn't make sense, 
I want you to think about beginning a relationship with the one who put your life into existence. Because he knows you and he has a plan for your life. How do you do that? For those of y'all that maybe need to do that for the first time, salvation by way of your ABCs. A is to admit that we're sinners. We've all sinned. I have. You have. We all need God's grace. B is believe that Jesus Christ came to take away that sin through his death on the cross. And then C is to confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. And when I do this, I give my life over to Christ. I invite his presence into my life. And the Holy Spirit comes in and is able to guide and direct me. But we got to start somewhere. So start there. Begin a relationship. If you haven't already, begin a relationship with the creator of his word. Things will start to make more sense. Number two, we got to ask God. Number two, we got to ask God to open my eyes. Ask him. Matthew 7, 7, you all know this verse. Ask and it will be given to you. It goes on to say, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. But the big thing at the beginning of it is ask. Ask. Ask God for help. He's with you. He's on your side. He wants you to know. God is not against you. Okay, I don't know what you've been taught in the past or what churches you've been a part of in the past, but God is not out against you. He is for you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to understand his purpose for life. And it's amazing to think that God loves us enough to provide us with the power and the presence of his spirit alive in us, and yet we don't acknowledge his existence and we don't ask him like we should. Why wouldn't we? Be honest. How many times before we break open God's word do we actually sit there and pray and ask, God, please, please open my eyes. God, help me understand so that I can see the truth of who you are, what you want for me now. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus reminds us, ask and it will be given to you. So ask him to be a part of that time when you're diving into his word and see if he doesn't answer that. The third thing we got to do is we got to approach the Bible with a humble attitude. We got to approach it with humility. So it's like any other conversation, a conversation that we're having with God through His Word, right? If you're having conversation with someone else, how hard is that conversation to have if that person is prideful, right? If that person doesn't want to hear anything about you, but all they want to do is talk about themselves or what they've done or what's coming up next, and their opinion is always right. Nobody likes someone that's too big for their britches, right? And Scripture actually says that God feels the same way. He doesn't like a prideful person. Think of how that type of attitude might affect my relationship and what I'm getting out of Scripture. You see, if I only come to God's Word and I'm thinking to myself, my life... I don't need any help. You know, I don't need to know anything. I'm just doing this just to check it off for the day. Or I'm just doing this because Jimmy made me feel guilty that I'm not reading my Bible. You're not going to get anything out of it. But when we approach his word with the right attitude, the psalmist says this, Psalm 25, 9. He says, he guides the humble in what's right. And he teaches them his ways. So before you open his word and you're trying to discern what needs to come next, ask him for help, humble myself before the creator. And then number four, you got to ask for forgiveness. you got to be able to ask for forgiveness. My eyes can't be opened if my body and mind is full of junk. Look at Matthew 5.8, it says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they are the ones that are going to see God. 
Now, let's talk about this. What does it mean by pure in heart? Does it mean that God only speaks to those people that are perfect? God, the, the people that only get something out of Scripture are, are the ones that have that perfect lifestyle that tend to be put up on those pedestals in life? No, that's not what it means. If that were the case, if God only spoke to perfect people, he wouldn't speak to anybody. What it means to be pure in heart, it means that I'm humbling myself before him. Like we've talked, I'm asking him. I'm asking for forgiveness of all the garbage in my life. It's kind of like this. It's like I say when it comes to prayer. This cup has coffee in it. But if I wanted to fill it up with some nice refreshing water, what do I got to do with that coffee? I got to pour that out before I can fill it with anything else, right? It's the same thing. If I want to fill my life with God's presence, I got to empty myself of the junk that's mucking things up in life. The exact same thing is true with the relationship with God. If I'm at home and I'm hiding the fact that I'm watching a bunch of filth on the computer or on the TV or on my phone, and then I'm praying and I'm asking for God for direction to help me in my marriage with my wife in Scripture, it's going to be very hard if I'm not humbling myself and confessing that sin before him. It's going to be hard because that is messing things up. If I'm out there talking about people and gossiping and carrying on and just talking ill about somebody that I really don't like, and let me tell you how I really feel. And then I go to God's word, and I'm like, God, help me with my relationships with other people. God's probably going to look at you and say, well, let's start here first before we move on to that. We've got some work to do. So maybe, maybe sometimes when it comes to hearing from God, Maybe we need to empty ourselves. And that's part of humility. That's part of humbling ourselves before Jesus. Is being willing to kneel before him and ask for forgiveness. And say, God, I'm, I'm pouring myself out. I'm letting go of this, that, or the other. I need you to forgive me so that I can be filled. Filled with more of what you want in my life. And then the last thing we need to do. The last thing we need to do, and this is key, y'all, is to make a commitment. We need to make a commitment to do what God is going to tell us to do through his word. And I'll put it to you this way. One of, the, one of the greatest challenges in parenting is getting kids to obey. I remember one time, and I think I've shared this story a long time ago, but it's one of my favorite stories. One time we were traveling with the girls. They were real little. We went to a hotel to spend the night, and they loved this. When they were real little, we didn't have access to a pool, so they were always excited to go to a hotel because they get a swimming pool, but it's late at night, so we did one of those things where we were like, we're going to stay fully clothed, uh, but y'all can go swimming. We're just going to sit on the edge of the pool. Savannah's probably about eight, seven or eight. Abby's probably about four-ish, you know, around that age, so we put Abby in her little floaty, and they're floating around. And so then it gets late. The pool is closing. It's like 9.30, way past their bedtime. So I looked at the girls and I said, girls, it's time to get out of the pool. And Savannah immediately jumps out of the pool. Abby just turns and looks at me. And then she paddles her little self right out in her bobbing little float out to the middle of the deep end. And then just turns and looks at me as if to say, if you want me to get out, you're going to have to come and get me. And y'all, it was a good old-fashioned showdown. Who's going to blink first? But she knew she was in trouble when I found that long pole with the net on the end of it that catches bugs. You know what I'm saying? I went over there and I put that little net right over her little bobbing head and I pulled right over to me. Probably not the most sanitary thing, but 
got the job done. Now, <laughs> somebody said that's right. Um, how much easier would it be if throughout life our kids looked at us as parents and say, I know that you have my best interest at heart, and I'm going to do exactly what you say. I know that's mysteriously wonderful, wouldn't it be? Like, that would be crazy. Think about, think about how it would affect our relationship with God. If before we sat down to pray, if before we sat down with his word, if we came at it with that attitude and say, God, if you speak to me, when you speak to me today, I commit. I commit my life to you. Look at how the psalmist put this. He says, God, teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me. My whole life, my whole life is going to be one long obedient response. Give me insight, teach me, and I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to commit myself to do what you say. How much more is God able to do in our lives with someone who comes to him in that way? So let's close this out. If you want a fresh vision for God's mission, God's purpose in your area of life that you need help or just in life in general, next time you sit down with his word and I pray that you're in his word, I hope that you are taking time every day to be in prayer and in his word. But I want you to remember next time you do that you have this amazing, amazing presence of the spirit with you that wants to teach you his direction. So ask him. Ask for his help. Humble yourself. Ask God to forgive you. Get rid of any junk that might be blocking things up. And before you even begin, just acknowledge him and say, God, I'm going to commit my life to you. Try those things and see if you don't have more aha type of moments when you're diving in. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you that you want a relationship with each one of us where you speak to us. I thank you that you do that through prayer. We talked about that a few months ago. And God, I, I thank you that you've given us your word to be able to guide us. God, God, help us. Help us to understand your word more and what you would have for our lives. And, and, and if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus and you need his presence to guide your life, then just pray this with me and say, Jesus, I open my life to you. I want to be born again. I've known about you, but I've never put my trust in you. I ask for forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life and open my eyes to see your presence. God, I pray for everybody in here and online that prayed that today. And God, I just pray that we would all continue to want our eyes to be open so that we can see more of who you are and more of the beauty that you have for our lives. So as we study your word, God, help, help your spirit just speak to us. God, we come before you with humble attitudes, understanding that you have the answers that we need for what's next. God, we're not going to lean on our own understanding, but on every word that comes from you. So God, we ask for more of your presence. We ask you to clear out the junk in our lives so that we can hear more from you. And God, whatever you want us to do, when we sit down with your word, if you talk to us, God, we're going to commit our lives to following you. So God, be with us.
Thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.